Welcome to the Bible Truth Podcast with Ron and Tim Reynolds, pastors and Bible teachers. Pastor Ron and Pastor Tim combined for more than 70 years of teaching and preaching God's Word. Listen now as they share the eternal truths of the Bible. Well, as uh, we continue through the book of Colossians today, I want to direct your attention to chapter 1, verses 7 through 11 of the book of Colossians. The Bible says in verse 7, the Apostle Paul is the speaker, and he says, As ye also learned of Epaphras, our dear fellow servant, who is for you a faithful minister of Christ, who also declared unto us your love in the Spirit. For this cause we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of His will, God's will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that you might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God strengthened with all might according to his glorious power and to all patience and long-suffering with joyfulness. Well, here we are acquainted with the Apostle Paul's partner in the service to the Lord Jesus Christ. His name is Epaphras. Now, Epaphras probably was the person who Uh, founded the church at Colossae. And uh, the Apostle Paul had never been to the city of Colossae, never been to this church. And so what he knows about this church, he has found out from Epaphras. Uh, Evidently, Epaphras had done a good job in teaching uh, the Word of God to uh, the Christians there in the church at Colossae. Uh, He had preached the gospel to them and had had taught them true Bible doctrine. And uh, as we notice here, the Bible says in verse 7, As you also learned of Epaphras, our dear fellow servant. Uh, The Apostle Paul wants the Christians uh, in the church at Colossae to know that, that he's their partner that Epaphras is their partner in the ministry. I'm saying their partner. I'm talking about Paul and Timothy's partner in the ministry, fellow servant, who is for you a faithful minister of Christ. Boy, listen, we need faithful ministers of Christ today, don't we? You know, anyone can be faithful. You don't have to have a, a THD in theology to be faithful. You can be faithful with a grade school education. Um, God has used people uh, with little education, some with no education, and then he's used some with a lot of education. But God is looking for faithful people. And uh, it's not hard to do. It's just be faithful. We can all do it because that's what he's going to reward us for. Remember that he's going to say to certain ones, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. So Epaphras was a faithful servant of the Lord, a faithful minister. And every church needs a faithful minister for sure. Who also declared unto us your love in the Spirit. Now, he wants them to know that uh, 
<coughs> the believers at Colossae, the church, to know that Epaphras has been talking about them. <coughs> but he's not been talking bad about them. He had told Paul and Timothy about the love of the Christians at Colossae. Uh, think about that. Uh, here is the probably founding pastor of that church in Colossae. And uh, now then he's talking to Paul and Timothy who are in prison in Rome. He's made the trip all the way there. And he tells them about the love of these people. You know, I would hope that, uh, uh, that the church that I co-pastor with, with my son, I would hope we'd get that reputation of being a church that loves one another. Uh, now, their love was not simply human affection, although that's, that's important, but it was a divine, it was a spiritual love that they had one for the other. He says, who also declared unto us your love in the Spirit. Uh, notice it's capital S there. He's saying love in the Holy Spirit. In other words, they loved each <coughs> excuse me, they loved each other in a spiritual way. Now, I know it's hard for unsaved people, uh, non-Christians, to understand that, but uh, that's the way we need to love one another, in a spiritual way. The Bible says that God's Spirit bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And so Epaphras was uh, the pastor there, and he was bragging on the love that his people had one for the other and that it was not just human love, but it was more than that. It was a, a spiritual love that they had one for the other. And uh, then uh, I want us to notice verse uh, nine, and 10, 9 and 10 and 11. He says, For this cause we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of his, God's will, in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Now, here we have uh, Paul's prayer for the Christians there in the church at Colossae. He had talked about uh, Epaphras being their partner in the ministry. Now he talks about uh, what he's praying for these people. And uh, we notice uh, these following things. First of all, he prays that they might have complete assurance of God's will in their lives. You know, that's important that we know that we're doing God's will. And that's what he says in verse 9. He says, For this cause we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of his will. Um, there's no reason that every Christian should not know the will of God. By the way, it's nothing mysterious because this Bible tells everything God wants us to do. The Bible reveals to us God's will. You see, we just have to do it. Uh, I know some folks say, well, if I only knew the will of God, it's in the Bible. For instance, it's will, God's will for you to pray. The Bible says pray without ceasing, all right? It's God's will for you to witness because the Bible says go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. It's God's will that you go to church. The Bible says, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. And uh, it's God's will uh, that you love one another, because the Bible says that we're to love one another as Christ loved us. Uh, 
I mean, you can go on and on and on. All these things are God's will, and they're in the Word of God. I'm afraid many times people just, you know, uh, use that as an excuse and say, well, God's not told me yet. God has 66 books in his Bible, and he's told you everything you ought to do. It's just doing it. You know, Jesus said, why call me Lord, Lord, and do not the things that I ask of you. And the Bible is, is clear on all these things God wants us to do. And so he was praying that they would have, uh, that they would have, God's will known in their lives. But he's also praying something else for them here. He says, in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. He's praying that they might have the wisdom of God. And by the way, you know you, you know how to get the wisdom of God, don't you? The Bible says in the book of James, if any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God, who giveth to all. So God will give us wisdom if we ask him for it. And so Paul is praying that they will find God's will, that they'll get God's wisdom, and spiritual understanding. Notice there in verse 9, and spiritual understanding. What is spiritual understanding? Well, you know, the Bible tells us over in the book of uh, 1 Corinthians uh, something that, uh, that we need to realize. Uh, in verse 14 of chapter 2 of 1 Corinthians, the Bible says, but the natural man, that's the, that's the unsaved person, the person that uh, has not trusted Christ as his or her Savior. But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God. Now watch this. For they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them. Impossible. It's impossible for a natural man to know spiritual truths. Neither can he know them because they are spiritually discerned or spiritually understood. You see, the natural man or woman, boy or girl, that's not trusted Christ as their Savior, they do not have the Holy Spirit indwelling them. Therefore, they do not have the ability to understand spiritual truths. But now, Paul is speaking to the believers here at uh, Colossae, and he says to them, I'm praying that you'll have all spiritual understanding. You see, they had the capacity to understand spiritual things because they were saved. If you're following this teaching and you're not saved, you'll not understand what I'm talking about. Oh, you'll understand some, you know, surface things, but uh, you'll not understand the, the spiritual truths that God wants us to understand. So he's praying that these people will have uh, spiritual understanding, and we can. You know, the Bible tells a study to show ourselves approved unto God, a workman that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. God will reveal to us through the Holy Spirit that indwells us understanding of what he wants and what he means when he, when he says something in God's word, if we'll just study. All right? It's there for us. So uh, that's, the, that's the first thing he prays for these people. And then he prays that they might please God in their daily lives. Listen to verse 10. That ye, he's speaking to Christians, uh, the church at Colossae, but he's speaking to me too and to you. But that ye might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing. Into all pleasing. That you might walk worthy of the Lord. Uh, what he simply means is that you might please God in your daily life. 
you know, we need to please God, not just on Sunday. We need to please God every day in the week and all through the day. Uh, and so that's what he's praying for him. He says here in verse 10 that you might walk worthy. In other words, they had a reputation. He's praying that they'll live up to that. Walk means live, live worthy. You know, uh, you can call yourself a Christian, but, you know, you, you, your, your walk will prove your talk. Will it not? And so that's what he's saying here. He says, look, I'm praying that you'll walk worthy uh, and that your now watch this, uh, that you might walk worthy of the Lord. You might be a good testimony and to all pleasing, you might please him, being fruitful in every good work. He not only prays that they, their Christian walk might be right, but he is praying that they be fruitful. You know, we need to be fruitful for God. Look, God has saved us to be fruitful for him. Well, we know that because that's what Jesus said. And let's take a look at that over in the book of John, uh, chapter uh, 15. Uh, here's what Jesus said in verse 5 of John chapter 15. I am the vine, ye are the branches, speaking to we that are, are his children. He that abideth in me, in other words, he, you stay close to Christ, you, you, you let Christ work in your life, and I in him the same bringeth forth much fruit. Uh, now what does that mean, much fruit? Well, the objective God has for us as his children is to produce fruit and uh, what, what is that? Is that oranges, apples, and peaches? No, that's not what it's talking about. I believe it's talking about another Christian. The fruit of a Christian should be another Christian. In other words, we are commanded to go into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature, and we are to be witnesses unto him and to all the world. And uh, that means we must preach the gospel. We must tell people about Christ. Uh, the fruit of my Christianity is another Christian that I've led to Christ. That, that's one kind of fruit. And then, of course, there's spiritual fruit. Uh, the Bible talks about this in the book of Galatians chapter 5. But the fruit of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. See, all these things are are fruit of the Spirit. Uh, as the Holy Spirit works through our Christian lives, we'll produce these things, uh, uh, love, joy, and others will be people of love, people of joy, people of peace, long-suffering, whatever. And so Jesus says, uh, the same bringeth, I'm, I'm back in John 15, he says, I am the vine, you are the branches, he that abideth in me, and I in him the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. You and I cannot produce fruit without Christ. Christ said we can't do anything. Without me, Jesus said, you can do nothing. In other words, if we're not doing it through the vine, through Christ, who is the vine, it, it won't amount to anything. See, all of our works must be done for the cause of Christ, not for our own sake, not so we can pat ourselves on the back and say, oh boy, I've really done a great job for God. No, no, no. God must always get the glory. Christ, listen, it's all about Jesus. 
And Jesus said, without me, you can do nothing. So when we go back to our text in the book of Colossians, Paul is praying that they might be fruitful in every good work. And the way that you're fruitful in every good work is to obey God's word and let the Holy Spirit work through your life. See, the Holy Spirit came to represent the Lord Jesus Christ. He said, it's expedient that I go away, but if I go away, I will come again. And he came in the person of the Holy Spirit. Now, he'll come back in body one of these days to rule and reign on, on earth. But when Jesus ascended to heaven, the Bible tells us that on the day of Pentecost, he was gone, Holy Spirit came and has been with us now since Jesus ascended to heaven. The Bible teaches that Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father making intercession for us, but the Holy Spirit who represents the Godhead, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, indwells every believer. And when we let him have control of our lives, we will produce spiritual fruit. Okay, and so that's what Paul was praying for these people. Then he says uh, in verse 10, and increasing in the knowledge of God. Now what does that mean? Well, he's praying that they will, they will um, have a more complete understanding of God. You know, uh, we say, you know, I know about so-and-so. Well, I know, for instance, I know about um, Abraham Lincoln. I've read a lot of books about him, but I didn't know Abraham Lincoln. He... Uh, he lived, uh, you know, over a hundred years before I was born. I didn't know Abraham Lincoln personally. I know about him. But we should do more than know about God. We should know God in a personal, intimate way. And that that's what he's praying for these people. You know, Paul said that I may know him, not about him, but that I may know him, speaking of Christ, and the power of his resurrection. So Paul is praying that they not only be fruitful, but they, they'll have an intimate relationship with God. Uh, and then uh, something else that we see here, he says in verse 11 of chapter 1 of Colossians, uh, strengthened with all might according to his glorious power. Well, Here's something else he was praying for these people, these believers at Colossae. Paul was praying that they might be strengthened with God's power. Uh, you know, again, Paul said that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. We, listen, we have access to the greatest power in the universe. And it's not the atomic bomb. It's, it's God. God created everything, and we, when we have an intimate relationship with God, He can strengthen us and give us His power. I like what it says over in the book of Second uh, uh, Timothy, uh, chapter one. For God hath not, verse seven. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power. God has given us the spirit of power, and that power source is God the Holy Spirit working through our Christian lives. So Paul is praying that they might be strengthened with God's power. Uh, power. And then notice something else in verse 11 of Colossians chapter 1. Unto all patience and long suffering with joyfulness. What's he praying here? 
Well, first of all, he's praying that they might not only be strengthened in power, but in patience. Do you need more patience? I know I do. Uh, I've always been an impatient person. Um, and uh, I've asked God to give me more patience and long-suffering. You know, that's the nature of God. Did you realize that's one of his character traits? The Bible says God is long-suffering, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And so Paul is praying that these believers at Colossae might be strengthened not only in power, but they might be patient. You know, the Bible says, wait on the Lord. And we get impatient and want things done when we want them done, but you better wait on God because if you get ahead of God, you'll regret it. We have an example of that, of course, with Sarah in the Old Testament. God had promised Abraham he'd have a child, and, and they waited, and they waited, and here Sarah was uh, 90 years old, and she hadn't had the child yet. It would take a, a miracle for her to have a child, so she'd come up with this harebrained idea that Abraham uh, could have relations with Hagar, the Egyptian young girl, her handmaid, and uh, produce a child, and God would be pleased with that. Well, God wasn't pleased with that. And because Sarah was not willing to wait on the Lord, uh, uh, of course, Ishmael was born out of that relationship with Abraham and, and Hagar. And uh, the offspring of Isaac and Ishmael are still fighting today. That's what's going on over in Israel and in the Middle East. Uh, is Actually, it's a feud between Ishmael and Isaac and Jacob and Esau. Uh, well, that's a, that's another teaching, but it is. It's, it's it's still going on today. They're bitter enemies, and it, it all started because Sarah would not wait on the Lord. Now we better wait on the Lord, and and Paul is praying here that these people will be strengthened. Listen to it again, verse eleven, and to all patience and long suffering. We need to be like God and be long suffering and patient. You know, God has a time for everything, and let's just trust Him. Let's not lean to our own understanding. The Bible says in Proverbs 3, 5, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not to thine own understanding, but acknowledge Him, and He will direct thy paths. Wait on the Lord. And then uh, in verse 11, the last part of it says, uh, With joyfulness. He's praying that these people... Uh, that uh, are in the church at Colossae, these Christians, might be joyful Christians. And, you know, the Bible does say rejoice evermore. But you say, preacher, uh, that's, uh, that's impossible. What about when we're going through times of sickness? And, and uh, what about when we're going through times of depression and times when people die? Are we still to be joyful? Well, you know, don't take my word for it. I didn't say it. <laughs> That's what the Bible teaches. Listen to what it says in Philippians 4, verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always, or always, and again I say rejoice. Notice it says rejoice in the Lord always. You may not rejoice in your circumstances, or you may not rejoice because of your circumstances, put it that way. You're going through a difficult time, you're, you're sick, uh, maybe you are depressed, maybe someone has died that you love. But notice it says rejoice in the Lord. 
You know, the Bible says in everything, give in everything, not for everything, but in everything, give thanks for this is the will of God concerning you. So God wants us to be joyful. Even though uh, uh, the circumstances around us may be dark and there's no reason we ought to be joyful, we rejoice in the Lord. What's it mean? It means we know that God has a purpose in all things and we're to trust him. And my friends, we can either rejoice or we can get down in the dumps and not be used of God and, and uh, uh, be hard to get along with and, and bitter and all those things. Or we can say God is still on the throne. He watches o'er his own. His promises are true. He will not forsake you. God's still on the throne. And I'm telling you, if we'll take that kind of attitude, we can be joyful in all circumstances. And that's what Paul is praying for the Christians at Colossae to be. Well, I hope this teaching has been a blessing to you. Uh, we'll be looking at some more verses in the next session. You've been listening to the Bible Truth Podcast with your host pastors, Tim and Ron Reynolds. They can be contacted on the Mount Vernon Baptist Temple Facebook page, or you may send Pastor Tim an email to T-I-M-R-E-Y-1 at hotmail.com. Or if you prefer, mail correspondence to Bible Truth Podcast, 817 Woodland Drive, Mount Vernon, Illinois, 62864. Again, that's Bible Truth Podcast, 817 Woodland Drive, Mount Vernon, Illinois, 62864. Thank you for listening.